Who among us hasn't thought about hopping aboard a ship and traveling around the world and seeing the, the rest of the planet? Our guest today is a true Renaissance man who has gone from uh, Greece to South Alabama to a very successful author. We'll meet Ted Pitsios this week on This Alabama Life. Hello and welcome to this week's This Alabama Life, a podcast that features Alabamians who are doing remarkable, interesting, positive, uplifting, and we hope entertaining things. My name is Don Keith, and we're glad you happened upon our little podcast here. If you enjoy what you see, we hope you'll spread the word that you will subscribe, give a thumbs up, uh, give us five stars if you think we deserve it. Uh, let's help spread the word. Uh, did I mention I'm Don Keith? I'm the host, co-host Andrea Tice is here as Good well. Good to be here, Don. Very excited about who we're about to interview. It's going to be very interesting. There's a lot I of guarantee yeah. it will be interesting to all of you. I I've never met a Renaissance man before. I don't think I've been accused of being one. I'm not sure. <laughs> I've never looked it up in the dictionary, but we have a true Renaissance man here. Is there any person out there at some point in your life uh, thought about? Just climbing on a ship, going to sea, and traveling the world. Um, this this young man did it. Yes, and we're excited to jump into that story right off the bat. So we're going to introduce Ted Pitsios. Pitsios, <laughs> and uh, uh, you just keep jumping in every time I I fail to say it right. Uh, Ted Pitsios came over to Alabama years and years ago. Tell us about it. Let's just jump right in. And from your accent, you're not from Alabama, we can tell. I do declare you all. <laughs> down there always. No, I am not uh, originally from Alabama. I was born in Greece, and uh, now I have gotten to that screwed-up stage where I speak Greek also with an accent. <laughs> 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 At least Southern Greek, I hope. So when you go back there, they don't know whether where exactly you're from, right? They're like, where are you from? No, the little nephews, uh, the ones that are not aware of uh, what flattery can do to their allowance, uh, I can hear them call each other, come, let's listen to the funny uncle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, a, I'm sure that's very interesting how Greece has an uh, Alabama Southern accent. Uh, woven in. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, the, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm the only one in Alabama from my village, from my area. Well, as a child, you uh, did, did you watch the ships come and go and say, you know, one day I'm going to climb aboard one of those. I'm going to work as a merchant seaman and I'm going to see the world at somebody else's expense? Uh, yes, actually, uh, when I was growing up, uh, the... Uh, uh, young people, uh, uh, we didn't have movies or uh, theaters, uh, and uh, it was uh, either going to become a, a captain on a ship uh, or a uh, a bus driver. Uh, yes, there was one, a bus coming through the mountain uh, twice a day, and it was going to all sorts of exotic places, you know, big city, five hours away, and so forth, you know, and we thought that was cool, you know. And uh, I uh, I went to see because I wanted to, I like to travel, I like to see the world, and uh, it was uh, a slight compromise in my career, I went, I wanted to be a sea captain, you know, but uh, uh, 
my father would not approve going to uh, a sea captain school because they were all far away from home. And uh, so it was, I settled on becoming an engineer, which as it turned out, it was uh, a much, much better choice. I think I'm much more better suited to be an engineer than a captain. And these were cargo ships that you were going to engineer? Yes, this. Uh, I sailed for on tankers and on freighters uh, and on cruise ships also. Uh, I sailed for uh, quite some time for some cruise ships sailing out of Miami. It was, uh, At some point, though, you decided you wanted to end up in the United States. Why? I, I've been to Greece. It's a beautiful country. It really the is. The weather is great. Yeah. The history it, is it, everywhere. It, but it, food is fantastic. It, yeah. it is. Uh, okay. Uh, the uh, the character in the book. We're going to talk about the books because this is one of the other things. He's a writer, too, in addition to being a businessman and a former engineer on freighters and ocean liners. Yes. I... Uh, uh, the character in the book aspires to come here and get there. But uh, in but, my but this case... This is not autobiographical. No, it is not. Because uh, I never really planned to live in the United States. I found it um, a little bit too rough. I found it, it lacked finesse or something. Mm. And uh, I wanted to see the country and all of that. And uh, that was all... All of those uh, highfalutin ideas uh, until I met my wife. Uh, uh, way back, if you guys can remember, uh, Hurricane Betsy came roaring through Florida back in 1965, I believe it was. And uh, among the other damage it did, it blew a Greek freighter on the beach uh, in West Palm Beach. Uh, I was not on it, but uh, the uh, the salvage master who was hired to take her, get her off the beach uh, told the people that bought it that we need to hire some Greek engineers because all the labels on the engine room and all the instruction manuals are in Greek. So I happened to be on vacation in New York, and uh, the... Uh, the agent called the union representative there, and uh, I. The, at the time, the snow was about a, three, oh. three feet high in New York, and the guy says, "Come on down, man! Over here, women are swimming and jumping off the ship." You know, I think I was at the LaGuardia Airport before he even hung up. <laughs> <laughs> So I got down there, and we were. Uh, the plan was to activate the ship's engines and pull ourselves off the beach, and that took a lot of preparatory work. And in the meantime, my wife had the habit of coming to the beach in her yellow pocket at the beginning. Oh wow! <laughs> and uh, after we met, all of those highfalutin ideas of retiring to the south of France or south of England. I was very deep in Dickens and uh, Cronin at the time, and I was going to settle in the south of England and all that. All of that went out the window. 
So I take it your wife, was she on vacation in Florida or is she a native? No, she's a native okay. Floridian. She <clears throat> is uh, Irish, Scottish, French, American, whatever Americans are made of. Uh, but uh, she uh, she uh, has a lot of relatives in the Bahamas. And uh, we got married and uh, I lived. we lived in the Bahamas for a couple of years. And uh, then we came to live in West Palm Beach, and then in Fort Lauderdale. And then I ended up by some turn of events in the heart of Dixie. Down the Cotton State, Alabama. <laughs> you know, of course, you're aware that you're, you're not the only Greek to come to Alabama. We, we had a huge migration of Greeks, Italians, a lot of Mediterranean folks because of the steel industry in the Birmingham area in the late 1800s which is great for us because we have great restaurants here because <laughs> of that influence. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. They do that. They've done that in other uh, cities and towns, even in the Northeast. It, it changes everything up to have that uh, Greek and Italian influence. The good thing about immigration, let's face yes, it. It is. Well, our, our waistlines prove it, right? <laughs> mine certainly does. <laughs> you know, I it's always fascinating to me why somebody chooses the, the yellow polka dot bikini is one of the best reasons I've heard of settling in, in yes, this country. Right. Yeah. I happened to be in Sydney, Australia on business one time and I was staying in a bed and breakfast and the young man was Malaysian who would come in each morning and clean up. And one morning we were, he didn't speak English very well, but he came in while I was still there. He said, where are you from? I said, mm -hmm. Oh, United States. Oh, United States. Very exciting, <laughs> and his he completely lit up, and I thought I that that spoke volumes to me why so many people do want to come to the country. Yes, although I'll settle for the yellow polka dot bikini. <laughs> well, uh, actually, there was an era where the the prestige of this country was ranking very high, mm. and the 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 prosperity and the and the comfort of uh, living here it was legend legendary it was my village the joke was they tie the dogs with the sausages over there <laughs> I mean, that's a, so that's the life <laughs> yeah. so it, those were the days yes so, okay you settle in uh, Florida to start with yes yes. Was it business that brought you over to Alabama? Uh, how did that all happen? Because you, you met your wife through a, a, a grounded ship. It's, in a it's, hurricane. It's, a, it's the and setting it for was a, snowing in, uh, a romance, York. yeah. No. So uh, it seems like this. there's got to be a story behind this as well. Yes. Well, uh, the quick answer is I'm, I'm doing penance. But <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> no. Uh, it uh, It's kind of a long story. Uh, it, when I... We lived in the Bahamas for a couple of years. And then when I came uh, in the States, I thought I would find a suitable job somewhere. So I went to one company that was making uh, turbines, Pratt & Whitney. I thought with my, I had a lot of knowledge on steam turbines on ships and so uh, And they almost hired me. They liked everything about me, except when it got to checking and saw that I was not a citizen. I said, oh, yeah, all, all our contracts are with the U.S. government, so we can only hire citizens. And then another job, it was my education. It was not quite up to part of them and all of that. So I ended up 
owning a restaurant like the rest of the Greeks, although I was not planning to perpetuate the tradition or anything. Uh, A restaurant came up for sale and a a close relative said they will run it for me if I buy it. And right after we signed the papers, the close relative uh, developed other priorities. And so we ended up, me and my wife, running it for a whole year until I found somebody to buy it. But uh, I did have a restaurant also. And uh, then I was working for a shipyard in Florida who went bankrupt. And uh, at the time, the shipyard in Pascagoula, Mississippi, had gotten the contract to build a lot of uh, destroyers for the Navy, and they were were hiring. And uh, that's how I ended up uh, working in Mississippi. And uh, I also had gotten the idea to... uh, continue with the education. So I was attending the University of South Alabama. Ah. So Mobile was a convenient place to live. So that's how I ended up. Subconsciously, I always thought things would work out where I could chuck it and go back to South Florida. It uh, it was different, South Florida versus uh, South Alabama, uh, those days anyway. And uh, but the, the the longer I stay, the more entrenched I get and everything. So yes, it's been decades now. So something yes. grew on you. Well, uh, yes, the the children, the grandchildren. That's right. what grew. Oh, that's <laughs> the way it goes. Always, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, but in the beginning, it was quite a cultural shock. Uh, Fort Lauderdale and West Palm Beach, they are southern by geographically location, right. but they might as well be suburbs of Boston or New York. Right. Uh, everybody hustles. They talk with two telephones at mm-hmm. the time and everything. And over here, uh, it was quite a suffocation. You, you got to get your, til- your utilities hooked up or something. Uh, one of them days, you'll send somebody over yonder to <laughs> look, take a look at them. <laughs> so it's... Uh, how does that fit into the Greek culture that you came from? Because I always kind of envision in the Mediterranean a little more laid back, but I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know about the laid back part of it. Uh, it uh, they just look like they're laid back. <laughs> <laughs> they're busy with style. No, they're, they're, they're tense. They're more, more tense. Okay. Yeah. That's what my wife and I thought when we uh, the cruise ship stops at some of the islands, the Greek mm-hmm. islands, and you get off, and they're on the pier. They're mm-hmm. chopping up the the uh, octopus and all yeah. that. We figured that was just for us. That, that was part of the show. And as soon as the ship left, they went in and watched TV or whatever they did. Um Yes, uh, in Europe in general, especially in Mediterranean Europe, uh, uh, two-hour lunches, you know, are the norm, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could go for that. I have one image that stuck with me from a, a Greek island, and I don't remember any of the ones we stopped at. It was two or three. <laughs> a guy on a bicycle with a tray and a cup of coffee in a tray, <laughs> rides down the street, stops at a house, knocks on the door, Delivers the cup of coffee and gets back on his bike and rides away. Gosh, that's style and balance. That's Europe, man. That's Europe. Yeah. Yes. yes. So, um, Ted, when you came to Mobile and you started, you know, you you now have a business there. um, Universal. Marine services. Services. Okay. And there's some things that you've made that are exclusive 
to the area? Buoys and other things? Yes, we uh, we built all the buoys the U.S. Coast Guard uses as aids to navigation. They put them in all the ports and everything. So next time you take your yacht out, sink one of them. Oh, I'll buy I you a will. use the business. No, I'll tell the butler too. <laughs> <laughs> or the captain. Yeah. yeah. That Well, that's great that you got an inroad in that area that certainly brought in the, the yes. paycheck. And well, the... it was it evolved. Into, it didn't come right. Originally, I was working for uh, some other company. And uh, then I got the idea to start my own business. And uh, I uh, or, uh, originally I was doing strictly repairs on ships. Okay. But ships, they have the habit of not breaking down in nice pre-scheduled intervals. That's true. So <laughs> they, uh, you either end up with uh, lots of work and not enough people to do it, or a lot of people hanging around and uh, uh, not enough work for it. So I looked, tried to diversify some, and I did uh, a lot of work for uh, the shore-based industry. I did a lot of work for paper mills and for the construction industry. Uh, if you visit Mobile, the convention center, that big ornamental tower they have, uh, they have we built it. Oh, really? I do remember that. We, so, were, we were down there for New Year's. And all those fancy archways yes. and so forth, you know, we did that. That's impressive. And uh, then the uh, contract with the buoys, it was a public contract, it's been advertised, you know, I I have done quite a lot of other work for uh, for the government, for the branches of Navy and the Army and so forth. So we do, we say, we do anything that's legal and we get paid for. <laughs> <laughs> And, and so you have this uh, industry within steel and paper and, and all of that, but then somewhere along the line, you decided to branch out and start writing? Yeah, you were you lost your mind and started a business. Now you've lost your mind and it's, it was, write books. Uh, it's addictive, actually. I, I, uh, the, the reason it started, innocently enough, uh, uh, the a uh, family friend who was a professor was a professor god rest his soul uh professor south alabama was teaching literature and at some point he was holding a class uh, of um, creative writing mm -hmm. and uh being a friend and all that, I thought he wouldn't make too much fun of me uh, if I joined the class. So I joined the class with the intention of kind of improving the vocabulary. And uh, he seemed to like the essays I was writing and all that, and uh, I was hooked after that. So I wrote one book uh, titled The Bellmaker's House. It's... Uh, it, uh, it's about Greeks and trying uh, Somebody said you write what you know. Don't try to write what you don't know. A lot of people do. That's correct, yes. Uh, so, and then in the second book, it's about somebody that uh, uh, decides to, is coerced to go to sea. And then this third book is what this guy that was coerced to go to sea, what he did once he got here. And that's a new book. This, yes. Is it just just out or coming out? Uh, it's just out. It just it came out 
a couple of months ago. It's called Walking in the Light. Yes. And for those of you who wonder if this man can write as well as he talks and tell stories as well as he tells stories in print, uh, a friend of mine, Don Noble, who's Professor <laughs> Emeritus of English at the University of Alabama and is on NPR, Alabama Public Radio and Public mm -hmm. Television, said, this is another piece of the Alabama mosaic. Pitsios captures both the culture of the Greek-American community in Mobile and the rapidly changing life back in the Greek village. So it's a dual story here. <laughs> yes. Uh... Professor Noble is a good friend, and I, I trust his judgment. Yes. Uh, he also said he could start some better editing. The commas seem to be running wild. <laughs> <laughs> but it's your book. Put your commas where you want them. <laughs> But those are those are just peripheral details, right? I mean, nothing against the characters and the plot. That all went well, so that's good. That how long would it take you to start the process, come up with the idea, and uh, bring out your new your new book? You're on your third, so did it yeah. increase in in the your speed, speed no. or uh, or get it, worse? It, it uh, actually it's getting worse. It takes me forever to. Uh, everything I write, I go over it and over it and over it. So it uh, it takes me a while. Uh, if if someone from Mobile was reading your book, would they say, "Oh, that's me"? <laughs> Names have been changed to protect uh, the innocent. Uh, yes. So on, <laughs> on the on the first book, uh, it was, and on the the second, uh, it's so generalized that. Pretty much everybody, like, oh, yeah, that's how my grandfather came here, or that's how my uh, grandfather did it, and all that. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, as you know, in fiction, the, uh, you, it's a collage of uh, characters, you know. Mm -hmm. it, it, so That's the beauty of fiction. You can combine those characters. You can change timelines. You can make minor modifications. But a lot of it's true. Right, yeah. which is what he said, which I appreciate. Um, you know, sometimes you don't have the benefit of knowing all the details from your grandparents of what it took to come over to the U.S., but that helps kind of encapsulate it. Give them a picture and an image of, of what this was like. Well, what helped me, I read some of the excerpts, is I don't think people in this country, we were all immigrants at some point, even Native Americans came across a land bridge centuries ago. Right. We were all immigrants, and yet we forget what it was like to leave a home country and to make that voyage and to land in a totally different place. And that's one of the things I, got, I get from this, that I like it here, I love it here, I love it there, and I liked it there. But, but you see, yes, if you, if, you are, if you feel you're a big fish in your pond, in your village, or your town, and it, it, it takes a lot of desperation a lot of, uh, to, to pick up and go somewhere where you don't speak the language you don't know anybody uh, so I mean uh, we see every day uh, we read in the news we we see the people washing up on the beaches drowning uh, suffocating into containers and all uh, trying to to get here and uh, uh, one should wonder what makes these people. I mean, uh, I have seen. Uh, I think it's. In this, I have seen uh, little aluminum boats 
crashed in the rocks, uh, washed up on the rocks. And the guy said, yes, there were 10 people in that thing. I said, man, I, I wouldn't even send a, a, an open letter, as they say in my back with, with that thing, you know. And what the amount of desperation makes them, you know. So there are a couple of things. that uh, One is desperation. Uh, uh, another is... Uh, uh, the stories you hear from those who made it here mm. and those who made it and then go back, they have a tendency to over-embellish them. Uh, and so Paint a rosy picture, uh, a rosier picture maybe. <laughs> and also in the older days, another motive it was the currency difference. Uh, over here... Uh, for instance, I knew in my village there was a guy that was a dishwasher over here, and he retired and he got his pension. I think at that time he was getting about a hundred and twenty dollars, and he lived like a lord over there because at one dollar at that time the exchange rate was forty drachmas to a dollar, and uh, a labourer. Uh, digging ditches or working from sun up to sundown was not making any more than uh, than uh, one and a half dollars a day. So, man, that guy was. So I think we see a lot of examples of that even now, where people will come to this country and they'll work. They're illegal, but they still manage to find work. They work seven days a week, sun up to sundown. They buy a truck. But every uh, they live twenty in a house trailer somewhere, right? And then they send yep. most of that money back home, and yes. ten years later they they move back, and as you say, they live like kings. Uh, slowly, as as the the globalization takes uh, effect, that's becoming less and less. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, uh, we are all familiar with the uh, jokes they use in immigrants. Uh, you know, the guy gets off. Uh, they say. I had a a brother that lived in the States and he told him, the money over here flows on the street, you know. <laughs> so he sells all his goats and he, got, yeah, he gets off Ellis Island with two suitcases on hand and sees a $20 bill on the street, puts down the suitcase and reaches to get it. Ah, heck, I'm not going to start working from my first day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, Ted, now that you have written three books and... You know, you have your your kids and your grandkids kind of uh, built into entrenched in the mobile culture, and you're not going anywhere. What are your plans for the future at this point? Any, any you're other? not going back to Greece, are you? No. Well, I we don't want to lose you. I still have a house over there, and uh, I go back once a year, and I spend about a month there. I still have a brother and a sister that live there, so I do. But uh, what are my plans for the future? I'm 81 years. My plans are to become 82. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nothing wrong with short-term goals. They're just as important as the long ones. I'm still working on on, uh, another book. It's memoirs. And uh, it's on the... 101 draft now, but uh, I'm 
I'm going to it. How do you find things in Greece now? Politically and monetarily, economically? They're okay. They, they had some Literally. tough times there. Right. Yes. And yes. they had a real refugee problem when we were there. They they, they still do, yes. Uh, with Greece being so close to uh, Turkey, you know, the refugees, short distance. You know, they can see the shore from the other. So that tempts a lot of people to try to make it. So they do have. Uh, and uh, they tried, since Greece is in the EU, uh, once they get in there and they get, they can travel anywhere in Greece. So uh, they do have a large, uh, but economically they're pretty stable now. Uh, they're, they're okay. Well, that's good since you said you have a, a sister and a brother still living yes. over there and they've yes. never had any desire necessarily to come over here to move. Uh, Even during the heights of all of that craziness? Uh, no, not really. I, I'm the only one who kind of stayed. Uh, no, they... Uh, I mean, they, they have come for a visit. Right. And my mother has come a couple of times over here and all that. They enjoyed it. Uh, she enjoyed it. And, uh, but... Uh, what did your mother think of all of this when she experienced the Southern culture and, and all of that here? It was... Uh, she was amazed... Uh, uh, the size of the country for mm. for openers. Uh, uh, one time we visited some of my wife's relatives in uh, Greenville, North Carolina, and then we were driving back to Mobile. And after many hours of drive, my mother said, hey, son, are we still in America? <laughs> <laughs> so it, uh, she liked it, uh, but... Uh, uh, she, on, on another, you know, she was a little bit, uh, uh, for instance, I think that's what was kind of typical. Uh, on, on that visit, uh, we visited uh, Cherokee, North Carolina. Okay. And at the entrance of the town, uh, next to the souvenir shops and all that, they had a big teepee with a guy in a typical big chief or a galia sitting in the front. And uh, for a dollar, you could take a picture next to the chief. Uh, the uh, uh, Next to him was the chief's niece, also dressed like a squaw. And for five dollars, you could take a picture of both of you with a her Kodak. Uh, no, it was Polaroid camera okay, at the right. time. Now, when we were flying over uh, with my mother uh, on the airplane next to us, we were sitting a couple from India, and they were coming to America. They had some relatives in the diplomatic corps and all that. And uh, we spoke to each other, and my mother was smiling at them, and I told her they were from India. I used to see them in the news, and now I'm sitting next to him. So she was impressed. And then when I, we got to Cherokee, and I tried to coax her to sit next to the chief to take a picture of it, which eventually she did. And I, what kind of dress? What I said, it's an Indian. But that's not like the, the kind we saw on the aeroplane. So I told her that Columbus was trying to find a way to India, and when he hit land, he thought he was in India. That's why he named the people India. 
Um, if that cursed man, if he did know where he was going, why didn't he stay put? He could have saved the world of mothers a lot of heartache. So, <laughs> well, you know those Spanish guys, you know, so, and Italians. So, yes, she enjoyed it and all that, and she liked it, but kind of disappointed it was so far away. Uh, so... Uh, with your experience being in living for so long in Mobile and in Alabama, and then also your your origination coming from Greece, what are the commonalities that you see after you kind of peel away all of the surface differences? Uh, my uh, my uh, opinion about that. I think there is somebody says something that in there uh, in that book uh, is that. Uh, from my travels all over the world, uh, people are all the same. They have the same goals, the same aspirations. Uh, uh, it is certain individuals uh, that uh, create a lot of uh, anxiety and so forth. But basically, the human beings, if left alone, would get along fine. And... They are the same. They have the same goals, the same aspirations. Well, that's kind of what I suspected, but it's nice to hear it from you after all of these years in in two different places to say that. Yeah, since I migrated all the way from St. Clair County to (laughs) Shelby County, (laughs) I don't have a lot of experience there. Yeah, you can't speak to that difference quite as much, I guess. Now, how deep are you into this book of memoirs? Uh, It's... uh, like I said, I keep going over and over. It's uh, about a hundred thousand words now. And, wow! Uh, it uh, well, I think I'm gonna is gonna gonna make it through books, one uh, from young age until I went to sea, and perhaps another book, the sailing years, and another. That the the years that I got married. Because I can see that giving a lot of insight into a young man who wants to yes. find adventure. And <laughs> you found plenty of adventure along the way and obviously a lot of success. Now, do you still run the company? Or are you still involved? Uh, sort of. Uh, I, I don't see retirement in your future. Then. I, uh, I go, well, I don't go to the office as often as I do. I go, but once a week. Just to collect the check. I have, I have a pretty capable manager and uh, some capable stuff that uh, it runs. And I think we have run, we have been in business long enough. We have, we hopefully we run out of mistakes. <laughs> so I have a suggestion for your memoir title. Okay. Okay. I'm just totally winging it. Can you call it Alabama Odyssey and Iliad? Since you're going to do it three, three books, you might make it an Odyssey and Iliad for Alabama. Yes, it, uh, it's, it's got the possibility. Okay, you're just being nice. <laughs> well, Ted, Pitsios has done three books already, and the, the very latest, I'm not sure which camera will show this best, is uh, by the time you see this podcast, is available and I assume wherever books are sold? Yes. It's distributed by Ingram, and uh, it's available wherever books are sold. Should I, if I want to read that, should I read the the book leading up to it to, to pick up, will, or will it to but, stand uh, on its own? Uh, this is written to stand on its own. Okay. Uh, 
on the 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 book before this is about the young man who is uh, kind of find uh, who works at a restaurant uh, and uh, part of the of the clients there are retired Americans who like I said before they tend to embellish their prosperity over there and what they did so when uh, when a critical situation arises where he has to leave he deems it it would be a smart move if he goes on a ship okay. and if he jumps ship in America and uh, so eventually he does jump ship in America and then uh, this picks up from where okay. he got there all right sounds so, exciting so. it is and uh, I love the tagline a book about an illegal immigrant and lots of legal ones <laughs> although from what I've read there's some Pretty illegal stuff goes on in there. <laughs> but, uh, this is taking place uh, in the mid-60s, a few years after the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, most of the book uh, takes place in Little Havana, in Caleocho, in South Miami, and the other one in uh, Fort Lauderdale, in Florida. It's uh, back during the era where uh, we still have black telephones plugged to the wall. and Oh, it plugs into the wall? Uh, 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 we still have to get off the couch to change the channel. <laughs> that was that my was our, job. That was our exercise. <laughs> and uh, the, only, uh, the only shocking thing uh, appeared on, uh, on, on shows was uh, the gyrations of uh, Elvis Presley's <laughs> legs. So, <laughs> so it uh, it was different. Well, and the, the first two books, I, are both those set in Mobile? Or the, or do they, well, I know no. one of them is actually set in Greece. The, the, the first set in Mobile, the second is, is set afloat on the ship and, mm. uh, in Miami, and then this is set in Miami. The, uh, the the one on Mobile has gotten a lot of praise from a lot of different people because it, it does describe uh, that Greek influence. And we think of Mobile that flies how many flags that have owned yes. that territory there? Yes. Uh, very eclectic and one of the first settlements in America, too, by the way. And, uh, a lot it, of history. I, I, I obviously does a good job of describing <laughs> what it's like there in that area. And the book is called Walking in the Light. The author is Theodore Pizzios. You got to put the whole name, of course. And, <laughs> and uh, the, another, the Mobile Press Register, who've been very kind to me through the years, was extremely kind to you too, Ted. It says a zesty novel that paints a full canvas of the life of the Port of Mobile and Mobile's well known Greek community. Entertaining, spicy, sardonic, skeptical, nostalgic, full of life. And as realistic as only the Mediterranean worldview can be. Sounds like the menu at my favorite Greek restaurant. Sounds like a really good dish. Very nice. In the form of a book. Exactly. It's a pleasure to meet you. Good luck with the writing. Good luck with the business. And uh, good luck reaching 82. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here also. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be anywhere, right? (laughs) 
Ted Pizzios, uh, author, businessman, immigrant, uh, and a lot more. Thank you for joining us for this Alabama Life. If you're trying to tell somebody where to find us, probably the easiest place is 1819news.com. 1819news, the, the sponsor of this uh, fine podcast. Uh, and if you go there and click on the podcast link, you'll also see several other podcasts that might be of interest to you, including uh, something you do every day. Right. The Daily Detail is there if you want to get caught up on some Alabama news as well as national news. And I'll say this as if she's not sitting here next to us, but uh, you do a fantastic job of condensing all that information into a good, solid, unbiased look at what's happening in the world. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Sometimes I'm pulling my hair out trying to sort it all down, but hopefully it doesn't reflect in my news. <laughs> it hasn't so far that I've caught you. 1819news.com. And of course, we're on uh, Facebook, Facebook page there. There's a YouTube channel for this Alabama life. Uh, tell your friends about us. We'd love to hear from you. If, uh, if you have uh, guest suggestions, uh, be sure to just uh, drop us an email at the link that you'll find in all those places. Absolutely. At yeah, we, we were able to have Ted because of someone suggesting it. And exactly. We're really, we really encourage you to do that. At, we'll see you next time on This Alabama Life.